Welcome to Distill 365. The show where Steve and Madame distill Office 365. So here we are, number four. Yeah. And we're moving on from number three. <laughs> of, yeah. <laughs> so I am nice and boring, and uh, Moran is now in... Stereo. I'm on the left. I'm on the right. Well, we may work out that's going to... We'll see what happens. <laughs> so we're progressing. We, uh, we're we on number four, as we said. Uh, we're going to talk about Office 365. We're going to talk about whiskey. We've got a whiskey that's traveled a long, long way, even mm-hmm. further than our very first this time. Yeah. But we'll get on to that a little bit later. Um, so I guess I should welcome... Welcome, Moraine. Hey, how are you? I'm good. Good. That's oh, brilliant. Neat, neat. My right. favorite state of being. <laughs> good or great? No, not great. great. I, I, I like good more because then there's some room for dreams and, and opportunities and stuff like that. Yeah, I do get that. That's yeah. my, my, my favorite Monday morning. Yeah. yeah. I'm good. Yeah, I love, Mon- I love Mondays like Kanye loves Kanye. Yeah, you won't get that. You're you're too yeah, you're too old for that. No, no, <laughs> that's okay. Much. That's okay. Much. Listen, I'll start talking about happy days in a minute. Just be mm. all right. Let's go on. Uh, right, we like to start off with uh, learnings and what we've been doing with uh, with an, within our clients and mm-hmm, within our mm-hmm. sphere of influence. Office three six five is SharePoint, and I get a feel today we're going to go back a bit old school SharePoint vibey. But yeah. we'll see where we go as, we as, will. as that progresses. So, uh, what have you done today? What have you done this week? Uh, well, this week, so uh, last week I was in uh, Leicester at the SharePoint Saturday where I was giving uh, two sessions. Uh, one of the sessions was about uh, conditional, conditional formatting in um, uh, SharePoint. Uh, the other one was about uh, Teams etiquette. So you've, if you know me, you probably see me talk about that somewhere around the world. Um, and that was a lot of fun. So I, it's always good to be in the UK. It's always fun there. I've got lots of friends, and and it's always a nice, uh, nice bunch of people uh, all together. So that was good. Um, so uh, what I have been doing as well, or my big learning from the last week, uh, is for one of my customers. Uh, they're working a lot with external uh, experts and all these external experts, they log into our Office 365 system. They don't have a, a license, but they just work as an external uh, person and they work on different project sites on different uh, projects. Now we have a uh, kind of a, yeah, a project's main site where they can find all their projects and stuff, uh, but that's still in the classic mode and that has been using the search web parts heavily customized um, and I didn't found a really good way to move that into modern but now I rediscovered the highlighted content web part in SharePoint and that was a real true eye-opener for me because on modern pages on modern pages yeah and what's really cool because I know you have a, uh, a penchant for teams mm-hmm. uh, and of course sometime probably early next year you're going to be able to run those web parts in Teams. In Teams, yeah, absolutely, and, yeah, uh, yeah. The long-term view, I understand, is some of those web parts that actually be tabs across the top of the channels. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, so well, getting used you, to it you can you can already use that in Teams because you can already uh, add a page true. in Teams. Very true. And this is just a web part on a page. 
So that works that works uh, brilliantly. And what that highlighted content web part actually does, if if I can just elaborate a little bit on that, it's just like on the old SharePoint where you had the content query web part, where you would just say, okay, I want to show some content from uh, this site, this site collection on my site, and that content that can be a document, can be a page, can be a specific content type. And then you can filter it out, uh, say, okay, I only want to show documents that were created by me, or I only want to show uh, pages that were created in the last six months. And then you can also sort them how you want. And now, of course, with the whole modern, you have a few ways of visualizing that as well. So if you want to show cards or if you want to show it in a list view. And what I've been using that for is to actually show all the uh, the project sites, so all the main pages from the project site. And because it's security trimmed, they can only see their own project, just like they used to in the classic site. Does, but now, the, does the graph get involved in all of this, though? Does, um, so the old, not the for old this. content query web part. So just, you know, if you, if you don't know what a content query web part is, I might suggest you listen to the wrong podcast. But, uh, you know, it's been around a long time. It's stable SharePoint stuff. Yeah. I told you we were going to go old school. Mm -hmm. But but a lot of the new modern web parts, they use the graph to present, predict, this is the content you need to know based yeah. upon whatever you filter. Mm -hmm. So is this actually giving you every page in order or is it still saying these are the ones you get to most often these are the ones your colleagues done but if you want to go all of them you go well it's page. actually pretty funny because we turned off the graph for that customer uh, because we had some complaints with uh, oh no now everyone can see what i'm working on stuff like that um, so did you turn the graph off or did you we just stop turned, we we, no, no, you can't stop Delph. You can only turn off the graph. Oh, so Delph still works. Learn something new every day. It's not showing you a lot of information, of course. Uh, but this just works on the on the search uh, that is underneath uh, everything. So it's not using graph technology. Um, but I'm pretty sure that if we would use or if we would enable the graph technology, then uh, the, the results that you would see would be, of course, much more tailored to whatever you want to have. Now, in this case, for these external experts to just show all their projects based on a sort of when they were uh, created so that we have the first projects uh, on the bottom and the, the latest projects on top. So for, for this, there's no need for the graph technology. Uh, but I can imagine that it would be super useful if we would have that for uh, other places where we would use that highlighted content web part. Yeah, I can understand that. I was just wondering, because I know a lot of the stuff I've used on the modern pages, um, you expect a certain result. Mm -hmm. And of course, you don't always get it because no, uh, you know true. what you see and what your users see and what other people work with is, is sometimes very different. So I do get that. Yeah. For me, um, I, I'm moving on a little bit from what we discussed uh, in, the, uh, in the last podcast, mm -hmm. number three. We talked a lot about baseline governance. And this week, um, I, uh, I've been basically doing some huge documentation um, uh, around telling people what we're about to do in terms of migrating. So we're currently on-premise SharePoint, moving into uh, 365, uh, 365 yeah. with all the SharePoint stuff that goes with it and uh, all the teams. So yes, getting that documentation ready, getting the users to understand where they're coming from, getting them to decide what it is they need. Um, using the old epics user story kind of agile approach. Mm, yeah. So, so the, the, the whole user story, that's, that's, I as a role of X want to do 
this specific thing because I need to have this as a result. Yeah, so that's what I would call the epic. So the epic is a bit like the movies. Charlton Heston, epic Ten Commandments type thing. You know? yeah. So that's the story based upon uh, what the business is trying to tell you. And the user stories are the bits that I write, which are the technology that says, okay, for the user to get this functionality, then we need to enable these things within the team's admin or turn the graph off for your... All you're looking at is if you don't quite agree with this. No, I don't, no. I always no. thought that the user story was the part where you said, I want, because I'm, I have this role, I want to do this, with where I expect this as a result. I... Um, obviously but of course, it's agile, and you can I just do whatever, whatever you want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll we'll see where we go with this. But for sure. my mind, yeah. uh, I, I write the epic as the user story, and then there's a no, uh, the epic as the business requirements, and then a number of user stories mm -hmm. because there's usually one, and that's where I get a little bit more technical. But uh, in this case, it's just been a, a large, uh, high-level design document on on where we're putting Office 365 in, and a lot of that, of course, is based upon that baseline governance we talked about. You yeah, know, you work with a company for long enough. Uh, and you've been in this game long enough, you understand Office 365, and you get a gut feel for exactly where they want to go, exactly what they need to have rolled out there. Um, and then, of course, there's this whole story about who else gets involved around the mock uh, and around uh, the training and around the integrator and all that. Mm. So uh, we know where we want to go with this. We just so That's what I've been doing this week. Uh, all right. Pretty cool. A lot of yeah. that stuff. So, and we've yeah. got uh, pretty cool things coming up as well. We have got some pretty cool things coming up as well. Well, it's coming up because we're taping the podcast right now on a Tuesday evening. That is true. Um, so when you listen to this podcast, these things will already have happened. So. <laughs> Time travel. Oh, Time travel. cool. Yes. Actually, I was thinking about that. Here's a, here's a thought at you then as we start to dig down a little bit. And I said we we're going to go a bit, of, a bit old school SharePoint and a bit new MS Teams and uh, and of course, I've been putting a lot of thoughts into where we're placing that. And of course, our favorite part of this whole podcast is tasting a really, really good whiskey. And uh, I was met a, what's that thing when you tell a story about something else and the words just gone straight out my head. But I was, I was thinking that uh, this is a, a nice, wow, forget that word anyway. But whiskey's changing. All right. It is. Uh, whiskey's changing. Last, uh, those on podcast number three know that we tasted a whiskey that had, a bit matured in a rum barrel. Mm -hmm. um, and it was so good. Oh. <laughs> was but that's, so that's good. not the point you're trying to make, of course. No, no. Well, that was, okay. I was, I'm not really trying to make that, but uh, there just wasn't enough of that because that was a, a bit of a taster we had. And I was thinking this week a bit more than that. You actually bought uh, a couple of bottles this week. Uh, one we're going to yeah, try a little true. bit now, but you yeah. bought a Jameson's bottle. I bought a special Jameson bottle that has been matured in a stout barrel. In a stout barrel. And I saw some adverts on television for Glenfiddich that uh, had been spiced up with something or other mm -hmm. um, the other day. A bit like, I can remember Rum did it some years ago with more oh, yeah. spice and all that kind Ooh, of stuff. Yeah. And of course, what they're trying to do is to get a new market, a younger person's market. Yeah. And the whiskey, whiskey people, certainly in Europe here and America, they've seen gin. It's really managing to sort of... Uh, Go through that whole stage, yeah. yeah. So it's interesting. And I was thinking that that's just what Office 365 is doing. So if we think about 
SharePoint and what SharePoint has done in the last 15 years. And then if we think in the last five years as we've moved into Teams, I mean, Teams is still based in, in SharePoint space. It's still about collaboration. It is, yeah. Uh, but of course, people collaborate differently now and the audience is getting bigger and they're, they're trying to... You actually uh, had a really nice slide about that that I saw earlier that uh, it's now... SharePoint was coming from a... Ooh, we had lots of slides because no. we, we had a, yeah. a, a relook no, yeah. at some of our presentations earlier. Um, there was a, a couple of things this this week that I've been working on. I'm, I'm redoing the, um, uh, the etiquette, etiquette yeah. of teams. Mm-hmm. You, you should know that uh, Maren and I have been working together for a long time. And what tends to happen is whenever there's a new presentation that needs to be done, we go and book a meal somewhere. And then we end up in the back table and Moraine usually ends up standing, presenting this idea so mm-hmm. far. And then, you know, we throw our ideas in and what comes out People of it, are looking it? funny at us then, yeah. <laughs> because they're enjoying their meal and I'm just giving a whole sales pitch of an hour. Yeah, they just put us down as thespians, you know. <laughs> uh, my darling, <laughs> darling, darling. Uh, as he's sitting there does his speech. Anyway, what came out of that, of course, was the etiquette for teams. And I've been rehashing that around a little bit. One of the differences, the way that I, I was looking at SharePoint and teams is that SharePoint very much is time shift collaboration. So I remember when Meeting Workspaces came out in 2007. Oh, wow. Right? And, yeah. And those, yeah. Um, they had Meeting Workspaces and uh, what was the word? Meeting One and um, Project One. Project. I can't remember what the other one was, but they were very much time shifts. That basically meant that you could have, if you didn't attend a meeting, you know, with all the minutes and all the actions put into that site, you could look it up later, yeah. the week after, just before the next meeting. And we do that now with sites. It's just because those are the workspaces. Yeah. You know, we set up sites where people put the tasks in. So I'm is. looking for uh, something and I'm going in there and I'll yeah. try to discover it. Yeah. yeah. Mm hmm. Whereas what we get today is very much more, especially in this agile uh, process in the DevOps area, you know, we're wanting to do things now and quickly and get the information is very much more real time. You know, uh, the idea of sprints, some of those sprints can be short and long. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So uh, we're really into uh, real time or um, so time shift uh, collaboration for SharePoint and this real time collaboration for teams, which is why we need more things better communications like instant messaging and those kinds of things so the whiskey market which we both love so much uh, you know we could go and get classic whiskies and we enjoy them mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. we're now starting to see a, a variation of, of whiskies when i came out of dublin a couple of weeks ago and i was um in the duty free there was four uh, other uh, jameson whiskies mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. limited them to six thousand bottles each Okay. So they, they matured them in specific kinds of barrels. I can't remember off the top of my head what they are, but they limited the edition. So okay. not only are they trying to get the young market, they're also kind of saying, hey, there's limited editions here. And, yeah, buy know, all four. Buy yeah. all four, and they were a little more expensive than James's bottle. Okay. So, yeah, okay. that's my thinking around, uh, around SharePoint. And I think that as we look at an organization and say, hey, this is how you need to collaborate, Mm-hmm. And this is how you need to migrate from where you are to where you're at. You need SharePoint as this sort of time shift collaboration. And you Absolutely, need teams yeah. in real time. Um, and that's, I guess, one of my learnings this week. So, you know, SharePoint's being used with the, with the new uh, SharePoint site hubs. 
you know, at a divisional level. So mm-hmm. I don't need to mm-hmm. do all the navigation. And then I can bolt on site collections to it for the departments, move yep. them around as I need to. But I know they're not going to change very much, yeah? The documents that go in there are the documents that you have in your file shares. So they stay a little bit static. They stay there within the team. Uh, I don't want external sharing there necessarily because that's where my, you know, main corporate data is. But of course, I can also link to um, team sites, Mm -hmm. which is where I can externally share, do a lot of real time more, regular collaboration, regular meetings maybe, uh, and that kind of stuff. So yeah, SharePoint, Whiskey. I don't think you can get a better segue than that. Not from oh, what we do. Yes, yes. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, if I can just jump back into that whole loop, because companies are now trying to spice up whiskey with different flavors and different kind of things. Well, that's also a little bit where my whole uh, conditional formatting topic is about, uh, because what you're what you get by default, if, if you create a new list or a new library, you add some metadata columns in there, you add some documents or some list items there, you just have a really boring white list. And that's okay, that's okay, but maybe you want to have something extra. Maybe you want to have some color popping up. If a document hasn't been modified in the last six months, maybe you want to show that in red. If a list item is um, has my name on it uh, on a person field maybe I want to lit, lit that up to show that hey, this is something that is for me and, and or by me or that something I need to do something with so there are plenty of ways to highlight some content in a list or a library and you can do that with conditional formatting that's not the coolest thing though is it I mean some of the cool things that you did on the conditional formatting with different kinds of data i thought was pretty neat oh yeah yeah yeah, absolutely so 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 yeah there there are are a few things with the whole conditional formatting so microsoft came out with uh, column formatting around six seven eight months ago i think um and that is that's pretty okay so you know that microsoft always needs two or three times to get something really right so this was their first uh, take on it so what you now need to do uh, is you need to write some JSON code. Well, it's a lot of people are complaining it's not code, it's a script. But okay, anyway, I'm, <laughs> Listen, I'm not. I a don't de- even know the no, difference between no. a code and a script. And I'm not a developer, so I'm, I'm just gonna call it code. It's a bunch of unreadable stuff, so I'm just gonna call it code. So you just need to write a little bit of uh, JSON code, and there are lots of really good examples uh, out there on GitHub and on Microsoft sites. This is client-side code, isn't it? This is client-side, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. This is Microsoft yeah. call their SharePoint framework code? No, 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 that's no, no, no. no that's, something, that's something different. Okay. So what you now can do is if you click on a column header, you can actually say format this column, uh, a nice uh, pop-up will appear on the right-hand side of your screen where you can add that uh, JSON code and then you can save it or you can try it out okay. and then it will format your column. So it will add a little bit of uh, extra um, CSS to that uh, column. So what you can do is you can really say something like, okay, if a date is older than this or younger than this, do this, uh, show uh, this value. If it's this value, show it in another uh, color. You can use your uh, date now and your me as a person, like you could do in uh, filters and and, uh, um, in 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 views, columns and things. Yeah, in views. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So it's it's actually the same thing. And um, also one of the absolute coolest things that I've seen is there's a free web part built by a guy called Chris Kent. Uh, and he made this free web part that you can just uh, put, on a, put on a SharePoint site. And that just is a web part where you can just click through and you, you just say, okay, I've got this kind of data. I've got a date, I've got a text field, I've got a number. And it will say, okay, these are cool things that you can do with it. So for example, if it's a, um, if it's a number, then you can say, okay, I want to show uh, donut bars, for example, based on a value. And you can um, choose the colors. You can say, okay, this is my minimum value. This is my maximum value, stuff like that. And it will just generate the code for you. And you can just copy paste that code into your formatted column and just take it away from there. Very cool. So when I need a donuts in my web part, I now know how to, to do that. But it, 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 looks, it looks very Does cool. Does this stuff translate across into web parts as well? Or is it only on the pages or is it within the list itself? So it that, is. That, that last one was a web part. I understand that. Yeah. But when you do the conditional formatting on column, does that mm -hmm. relate, go into the web part as well? Or do you have to... It is it in your list web part or in your library web part. It, it works for both. So also later when Teams will open up uh, or when the, the files uh, thing in Teams will be the actual web part, then this uh, conditional formatting will also appear there. So that's that's really powerful. I'm really looking forward to that. That's uh, we we saw that towards the end of this year. I'm sure mm -hmm. everybody going to the European SharePoint conference will see that this week as well. Mm, yeah, uh, a yeah. lot of stuff. Uh, but, but basically, your lists and libraries will operate the same way in Teams as they yeah. as they will do yeah, in SharePoint. Yeah. We now, were, just just a tiny bit longer about that uh, uh, formatting. Form I know, that's I okay, know. Because while he's doing all the talking, I get to start on the whiskey earlier. So that's fine. <laughs> you carry on talking. Yeah. Go on, go for so it. So next to that column formatting, uh, Microsoft also said um, earlier this year, we will also give you row formatting. So that has now come out and it's called view formatting. So when you create a new, or not when you create, well, when you create a view or when you edit a view, uh, you can now also choose to format a view. And there, same thing, you can just put uh, some JSON code in there and this will not affect your column, this will affect your row. So same thing here, you can just say, okay, if uh, this document was modif last modified by me, show it in a color, if it's something like uh, the, the whole day thing, uh, show it in a specific view and you can you actually have two uh, options there so the first option is that you can just use how your list is looking and yep. you can just add some additional colors icons stuff like that is it as strong as the conditional formatting in Excel is it actually at that level yet so it you, know, is. you can it actually is. look you at can, a list no, you can make it look really really nice so but if I look at a list on a Monday and, mm -hmm. and a figure is a certain so it goes blue and I look at it on Tuesday and some figures have gone down it will turn red because yeah. that's the way so it's yeah. but whenever it loads it goes yeah absolutely yeah neat. so that's the first thing you can do is just use the existing CSS class so yeah. the existing way how it looks and just add some pop of color uh, to it the other thing that you can do is just say okay just forget the whole thing how this list was built up or is shown I just want to show it the way I want 
and then you can really make it look like a web shop for it. I, I actually think all oh, this is crap. I mean, I really think it's a complete waste of time. All right. Because we're getting to the point now where my users are saying, look, when this document has passed its modified date, I need you to sing jingle bells. All right. And Christmas carols ready for December. So has Microsoft released that point yet? So this conditional formatting, uh, where's the document gets over through, or if, the, if there's certain keywords in on the mm-hmm. compliance, then uh, it'll sing, we wish you a Merry Christmas. Has it got there yet? Uh, no, it's not there uh, yet. What are these guys at Microsoft doing? Eh? If all they can do is really, you know, cool your, conditional yeah. formatting. Keep your eye on the prize, guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, that's way too much fun. But the other thing that, that, uh, that we did when we talked about conditional, uh, this presentation mm-hmm. was the maps thing. Which mm-hmm. I thought was really mm-hmm. cool. So yeah. you could take yeah. certain kinds of data yeah. and turn yeah. it into visualization. So the, the, the demo that I've been given a few times is uh, of football players. Football players. Yeah. Yes. I've got a list. Everybody got a needs list. a football player as much as they need it singing Christmas carols, but I get it. Anyway, go on. No, no, no. It's, it's a list of football players with their name, how many goals they scored, how many uh, uh, games they played, stuff like that. But also the, the club that they're currently... Uh, Working for playing, playing football, with, football, yeah. yeah, playing with, yeah. real sportsman, Moreno yeah. and I, real sportsman. <laughs> so uh, what you can do is that that's just a text field, uh, and what you can do is now just say in that Chris Kent web part, just have it show up as a Google minimap on my uh, on my screen. Okay. So that will actually. So I've got a player playing for Manchester. I've got one playing for Everton. I've got one playing for wherever. And now we will nicely show uh, where that is. And people will be able to see this demo in Casablanca at the weekend. In Casablanca, yeah, absolutely. Cool. And if they want to see the uh, etiquette for teams, then... They need to go to... Warsaw. Yeah. Where I'm at ShareCon365 on Friday presenting uh, presenting that there, which is quite neat. And um, if you go to Casablanca, then uh, expect to hear Christmas carols coming out of his laptop because he will take that <laughs> challenge on this week. <laughs> Actually, what he's going to do, he's going to mention at the beginning of his presentation that you won't be hearing Christmas carols. And if you've listened to this podcast and you're in the audience... Uh, in you'll get a prize you get to you get a prize do touchdown and we'll yeah. give him a prize yeah. you know you've got to take a prize with you now that's, you? that's totally okay that's, I've got a yeah. pen there's a, a Windows <laughs> Insiders uh, this is my office pen with a, a nut and bolt across the top there you go. yeah it's pretty cool yeah. <laughs> alright that's neat so yeah. uh, SharePoint has its place then I think to, to sort of round up this uh, this kind of conversation Teams has its place Mm-hmm. And yep. uh, we've over the last couple of podcasts we've we've talked about where we're in on that, and uh, we've also keep referencing this whole management of change thing. Mm-hmm. So maybe podcast number five, we'll see whether our Tony's free. But if good not, idea. If yeah. not, I think we'll we'll I'll touch upon some of the adoption stuff of mm-hmm. uh, teams. I noticed that Ave Point is doing a lot of advertising at the moment on how you can get your users on Teams in three months. Mm. So, uh, okay, there's, there's okay. a few bits we can do. So, yeah, we may look at that as we as we move forward. Cool. All right. I don't know about you, but I'm kind of I'm thirsty. thirsty. Well, thirsty. okay. you got a surprise for us this time, haven't you? I do. So last podcast we talked about, now we got some whiskey from Scotland. We've got some whiskey from... Um, from Ireland we had a nice bourbon from the US now last time we said let's go to that one country where they also make excellent whiskey and that's all the way across the other side of the of the world 
and that's uh, Japan. So what I got was a uh, Cheetah, and it's a single grain whiskey uh, built or brewed by the Suntory. Distilled. Uh, distilled. Remember Office 365 yeah. Distilled. Yes. Not Office 365 Brewed. Otherwise, we'd now be drinking coffee, potentially, or beer. <laughs> so, no, Office 365 Distilled. Oh. What a mistake it to make. <laughs> Especially with me around. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, God. So this is uh, actually a corn whiskey. It's from the uh, Chita uh, Peninsula in Japan. It looks bright gold. It does. It's very clean, yeah. isn't it? So uh, also for the tasting, we were going to try something uh, different this time. So Steve is going to taste it while I'll talk about the whiskey. So he's now putting his nose in the glass. Can't <laughs> see it. Word for word. Yes, indeed. So his uh, nose hairs are now touching the... Uh, Behave yourself. So the reason that we're having this conversation is that the last time, when we did number three, we was enjoying the whiskey so much that we both <laughs> went very, very quiet. And we had to edit the podcast a little bit because otherwise you guys would have been listening to... And we thought that was probably a little bit boring. Mm-hmm. But this is cool. It is really light, actually. I'm very, it, it has that real refinement about this color, doesn't it? I haven't even tasted it yet. The smell is delicious. I'll come to that. But it, it, it has sort of... Um, I, you probably don't know this, but I also keep fish. I know that I'm going a bit diverse. But if you do keep fish and you change the fish water, there's a period of time when the tank looks absolutely crystal clear. And this whiskey, this is absolutely the same thing. But mm, you've tasted it. So I already tasted it. Yeah, sure. So um, it is, it's not very smoky, so it's, it's really, it has this clean, um, this clean taste. Um, it's very smooth, so it goes down very smoothly, I think. Um, a lot of depth in the back, yeah. On the usual honey, of course. Oh, yeah, a bit spicy really as nice. well. I can get the spice. Uh-huh. It's uh, yeah, the the aftertaste. The uh, it, it has that kind of pepper on the mm-hmm. back of the tongue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's coming in. So after after two or three seconds, yeah, uh, it's, yeah. it's coming it's in, long, in, isn't it? It's still going you. Up, yeah, even now. Yeah, Japanese whiskey. I have mm-hmm. to say, the only other Japanese whiskey I've had was a lot darker uh, mm-hmm. and a lot mm-hmm. more in depth. But no. this really is quite nice. Just must have a an, another. Absolutely, just go for it. Yeah, because if you taste whiskey regular, a little bit like wine, it's the second taste is always better than the first. For me, this has it's a little harsh on the aftertaste, just a little. It's a bit like having a, a heavy curry in an Indian restaurant. Sometimes yeah. I think it kills mm-hmm. the taste. Yeah. So uh, we'll see how we go with it. But that's it. So we've done a bourbon, uh, Irish. Um, uh, we've now gone to Japan. Yeah. And and it does have that oriental feel about it. I mean, it doesn't sort of smell yeah, or taste it, it of it is, Japanese it is spices. weird how how a Scottish whiskey or a Irish whiskey or a bourbon or this Japanese whiskey, how they all have their own... Essence. No? Well, maybe. Oh, the um, maybe, well, maybe. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's... It, they, they just... Of course, they taste completely different, but they all Scottish and Irish and bourbons and, and these Japanese, they all have this own family of flavors that will come out. You know why? I'm sure you probably do know why. 
Well, tell me the, anyway. The, the theory, of course, is they're all still made of a grain of some kind or another. This, you know, there's a new rye whiskey that John Cashman, I wanted to so much get from when I was in Dublin, but I, I really had missed it by a week. Um, so they still have water. Uh, they have sugar in there, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they get heated up and then they get fermented to pull the alcohol out. And in Ireland, of course, it's called poochin. And uh, in, in other parts of the world, it is different. But that alcohol, when it comes out of the still, and then it goes into a barrel. And we've already talked about the fact that some of the whiskies have different flavors in the barrels. Mm-hmm. So the last one was rum, but it was only in rum for six months. So, um, and that's where they get the color. Uh, and that's where they get the flavor. But the thing about it is that it has to be in the barrel for quite a long period of time. And if I'm in Scotland, mm-hmm. I have to wear certain kinds of clothes because it gets very cold in the winter, oh, for short yeah. periods mm-hmm. of time. And in the summer, it gets very warm. And, of course, the height has also got a lot to do with it. If I was actually in Kentucky, then... Um, it's warm gets, all the time. Actually, the temperature at nights can really drop down quite low. And also, their winters can go on for quite a, a longer period of time. So it takes longer to mature a, a bourbon, four years, as opposed to a Scotch, uh, a Scottish whisker or an Irish for three years purely because uh, it stops maturing in the barrel when it drops down so oh, cold. Okay. And an Irish whiskey is so smooth, apparently, because the temperature range is a lot less. And again, there's another uh, alignment to our Office 365. The main reason that Amazon and Microsoft and Google have their data centers in Dublin is because it's cheaper to run the data centers because the temperature never gets too cold and it never gets too hot mm, so the air conditioning okay. costs and the building costs are actually and the environment costs are actually quite a lot cheaper which is why everybody has data centers around that area of dublin whiskey is the same okay. so it doesn't freeze it doesn't overheat and apparently that is why all these whiskies are different so it's all about that and the environment when they uh, are in that period of maturing in the cask and that's why most of these jazzy whiskies they change the casks so uh, a bourbon is done in a, in a pure, brand new, burned, usually oak cask. And then they're taken across to Scotland and Ireland where they put their whiskey, uh, their, their uh, poutine or their alcohol into a cask that's already created bourbon. So that, that's why it's a darker color than bourbon generally. Okay. So it's all about this maturing process, which they don't really fully understand. And if I remember, because time is moving on a little bit, if I remember, I will tell you the story about the 22-year-old Connie Mara, which has got a great story. Uh, but in essence, uh, after three years, it tastes sublime, really, really smooth. After 12 or 14 years, I really don't enjoy it. It's very harsh and, and it's lost a lot of its smokiness. But at 22 years that smokiness comes back. And it doesn't change. It doesn't go into a different barrel. But there's something happening in that maturing process that they don't fully understand yet. Um, but, uh, yeah. I only... I, I got a few zips from that uh, bottle and that was that was absolute... That was magic. Yeah, I'm afraid that we do have to mourn that bottle. Mm-hmm. It is now mm-hmm. empty and, and mm-hmm. it has gone. I did... I think I told you I got to reminisce a little bit in uh, in in dublin yeah. so if you ever go to dublin there is a little whiskey shop in temple bar next to the uh, 
next to the Temple Bar pub. And they do have some 22-year-old Connemara. Mm. And it's worth getting a glass while it's still there. It is really, really nice, really enjoyable. Nice. All right. So okay, that was let's wrap things whiskey. up. Yeah, so to Cheetah. I yeah. really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Mm. I might steal a bit of that before you run off home to uh, night camp. Be my guess. Listen, uh, it's been a good one. I enjoyed this. When we started it, we weren't entirely sure what we wanted to cover because no. we've had a, a thin week and also this is quite quickly on the back of, of yeah, the other one. one. Yeah. Um, and that was quite nice to be able to talk about SharePoint again. I mean, I've been doing SharePoint since it first came out and you kind of forget it, but... It, it, it always... Like it's the same with me. So I, I started out working with SharePoint, and for me, SharePoint is like my first true love. Yes. And, oh, and you never I, I always, your first love. No, no. And sometimes I just ring her, ring her up, and just yeah, say, "Hey, hey SharePoint, baby. hey SharePoint, <laughs> you wanna you wanna get another go? Do you wanna grab a nightcap? Do you wanna go see a movie? And then we just do some funky stuff together. And at that point, I really yeah. do want to introduce him. Mm. He's, he's dribbling at the sides of his mouth and, and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, you, so SharePoint really is the one that's gonna be behind it all. Uh, and then yeah. you get these new modern things like Teams that are still based on SharePoint. So it was good to touch on that. And maybe that's something Absolutely, we can yeah. deal with yeah. in the future. So anyway, um, Steve Dolby here saying, uh, I hope you've enjoyed yourself and had fun uh, and enjoyed this podcast. We're coming up to our sort of 40 minutes again. Mm -hmm. We don't like to go over that short and sweet. Absolutely. So wherever you're listening, whether it's in the car or in a pair of headphones as you're sort of running uh, five or 10 kilometers, uh, take a deep breath. Um, You've listened to uh, Moraine Summers and Steve Dolby. Uh, You've listened to us taste a beautiful single grain Japanese whiskey. And you've heard us talking about SharePoint. And I'm going to hand over to Moran to say the final words. Cool. So, uh, as always, uh, please let us know what you think about this episode. Um, We're having a lot of fun uh, recording them and thinking about them and and just going all crazy and recording them. Um, But we also want to hear what what is your opinion? What should be topics that you want to hear us talk about, rave about? Because um, we've been doing this a long time, we've done nearly everything. We've worked in all kinds of industries. We've done all kinds of weird stuff. So yeah, yeah ask me yeah. a question yeah. on uh, Twitter. Mm-hmm. So Sai Steve and and Mar- at Maran Somers. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. All right, so, I'm gonna all say right. Goodbye. that's it. Okay, thanks, guys and girls, and uh, I hope you have a nice day, nice evening, whatever the time is that you're listening to us. And uh, go away and do something fun. Bye. Cheers.